Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And a warm welcome to our listeners joining us from Western Australia. If you missed any of the first hour, including our chat with Mark Jackson, the A-League Men's Round 5 Review, or Simon Spiel, you can find them wherever you get your podcast. Just search Global Game SEN. Yes, it's our Premier League update with Spencer Pryor. Thanks to Schnitz. Got that winning taste right now. Schnitz, handcrafted schnitzels, made fresh, made just for you. And Broski says he's feeling hungry now. How are you, Spencer? Good evening, gentlemen. (laughs) Good to have you on the show. Um, Before we get into the Premier League action, uh, we'll start on a rather more serious note. The passing of uh, Terry Venables this week at the age of 80. Obviously uh, had involvements with both English and Australian football. Uh, what are your memories of him and, and what will be his legacy to the game? I, um, uh, it, it's, it's devastating. I mean, he's, he had such a wonderful time. And, you know, the, the England 96 team, were all, you know, that was a wonderful side. And he was, he was ahead of his time as a manager. I actually got to um, spend some time with him when I was... Um, I was 17 and I broke my leg at South End, and I actually got to go and do my rehab at Tottenham because Terry Fenwick had the same injury and he was the manager at the time. So I got to sort of get introduced and be around, and he'd come up and talk to to myself and Terry, and just see how we were travelling and how we were getting on. And you know, he, he he came across as a very very humble man, always had time for players, and I think was ahead of his time in terms of his man management style and how he dealt with players. Hmm. He was very ahead of his time in lots of ways. I mean, he was an entrepreneur uh, as long ago as the 1960s. He was part owner of a nightclub. He co-wrote the TV cop series Hazel. Uh, He was uh, a man of many, many talents. Um, I I got to interview him many, many years ago, a couple of occasions when he was England manager, and uh, you could sense his, his charisma, and he played the media so well. Uh, smart guy, knew that if he got the media on side, of course, it was more difficult to smash him once results went south. <laughs> I think oh, there's wait, a big... The uh, way, mate. Yeah, I think there's a big lesson in there for a lot of managers <laughs> these days. Anyway, uh, rest in peace, Terry. We will miss you. Now, Spenner, uh, the big game of the weekend, Manchester City won, Liverpool won. I stayed up for this. Very frustrating from a blue point of view. I'm sure Broski thinks differently. Erling Haaland's first half goal cancelled out by Trent Alexander-Arnold, but come on, we should have won, shouldn't we? It was an absolute smash and grab by Liverpool, wasn't it? Let's be honest, Broski. You know it. We all know it. All the Liverpool fans all know it, but they'll take it. So it's, yeah. um, it's, a, it's definitely two points dropped for Man City, but it was, it was a really dominant performance. But I thought, I thought Trent Alexander's goal was, was class. I mean, it was a class finish. He should have been tracked into the box, but, you know, Doc, Doc who pretty much ripped him a new one for the most part of the game defensively so he just decided he'd better go and have a bit more attacking and 
you know, it was it was a wonderful goal, and probably you know, I, I won't say it was it was a fair result because it, I, I just thought Man City completely dominated. Given you know, given the way that they set the team up, the way they controlled the game, I thought playing a Kanji in in that that holding midfielder role was a bit interesting compared mm. to John Stones in there. But you know, it, well, again, Stones Stones is not quite fit yet, is he? Well, he was on the bench, mm. so you know, you stick him on the bench, and it's you you don't put injured players on the bench, so. Um, I guess if he's fit enough to go on the bench, he's fit enough to play. But I thought Kanji did well in there, and yeah, they look they look dom- dominant. Docker's Docker's some player, eh? I mean, the way he, he looks so dangerous every time he gets the ball. You guys weren't watching the game together in what, what do you call it, Spanner? The <laughs> no, we uh, we Man City onesies, <laughs> eh? matching onesies. <laughs> we do, we do oh, occasionally nice watch a game good together. Good, but... mate. good, good mate. Well done, <laughs> Arsenal. Uh, Arsenal took full advantage, battling past uh, Brentford in a physical yeah. encounter, winning there with Guy Havertz's winner coming very late. Uh, but that moves them to the top of the table for the first time this year. Yeah, they I mean, again, a, a, a really important result for them. Um, Clean sheet again. Uh, I, I just think you know he's the he's the fastest. I think he's got more wins than that. He's the highest uh, Arsenal manager with the most wins in his first 200 games or something, or the first 200 wins. It, mm. It's a it's a phenomenal record. That when you look at the success that Arsene Wenger had, and and he's come in and he's actually doing better than Arsene Wenger did. So I just think I think it's we saw what last year how close they got and fell away this year I think they'll be they'll they'll be still there or thereabouts but I, I again I don't know if it'll be enough to finish above Man City but they're going to push them all the way and they keep learning all the time and improving so yeah big win for them now what's happened to Tottenham uh fallen to their third loss in a row against Aspillery and fairness in, in very good form themselves at the moment it it seems to me, I mean, the early part of the season, you remember watching that game against Liverpool where really they they got all the luck going. And at the moment, it seems to be against them. Son Heung-min, three goals ruled out by VAR. They've got such a long injury list. And if all that wasn't bad enough, their next fixture is away to Manchester City next weekend. And and the wheels are well and truly coming off. Um, but Ant won't change the way they'll play and he won't change the approach whether it's I, I I actually think Tottenham will be better for this in the long run across the course of the season because you know it actually gives them a bit more depth. You know, there's players getting games that wouldn't normally be getting games. You can't mm. rely on the same eleven players starting every game for 38 games a season. So I actually think they'll be better for this coming into the Christmas period. And, and you know as well as I do, Simon, that like December and January can really sort out where you're going to be in the table. So, yeah, they had a brilliant start. We we said that right from the get-go, but it was just a brilliant start. So, yeah, it's been a blip. I think the next two months will really define how good they actually are. And come the end of January, that's where we'll really see Tottenham as to where I think they'll sort of finish in the season. And Man United, they got their first uh, real big win, convincing win, three uh, 0 at Goodison Park, and um, what what a goal by Garnacho! That uh, bicycle, oh, incredible. It, incredible. That reminds me of the Mark Hughes goal for Wales against Spain many years ago. Do you remember that one, Spinner? Yeah, I do. 
he was some player when he marked. Yeah. Was a, um, still not sure it's as good as um, Trevor Sinclair's one for QPR, but that's my opinion. But uh, <laughs> okay. no, it was it was some goal, and and, and uh, yeah, it was it was an important win for him, and and not just like you say, not just to to get a win, but get a big win because they've been jagging wins and scraping by. So you know, maybe maybe they've come through that really awkward patch in terms of you know self belief in terms of getting the turning the performances in or they're getting the results, but now they're starting to put in the performance. It was poor from it was a poor you know, they played poor opposition. We have to be be honest about that. We had a real off day, but it was a good win, a good win for Man United. Do you think, from Everton's point of view, I'm not I'm not uh, decrying United's win at all. They were they were yeah. far the better team, but uh, Everton obviously there's a lot of emotion around Everton at the moment because there's ten point deduction. Uh, sometimes that can galvanise a team and make them you know really want to fight even harder. But they, they almost seemed as though they were a bit deflated by it. Is well, they come out and talk the talk, Simon, and everybody mm. was saying in the last week, in last week, this is going to galvanise the players and the support. It will definitely galvanise the supporters. There's no doubt about that. And everyone, you know, all the you know, we, everyone's like it's going to pull the players closer to the fans, and everyone's going to rally. But it wasn't there on Saturday. It wasn't there at the weekend. Um, I, I, I think. It's been a massive distraction. We can't avoid it. It has been a massive distraction for the players. But again, I don't. I, I. I'd rather. I'd rather give credit to Man United for their performance than actually say it was Chris Everton was so yeah. poor on the day. Yeah, look, there's no doubt about that. I'm, mm. ju- I'm just interested in the psychology of a footballer. And it's a question for you, Broski, as well. And uh, obviously, we don't yet have promotion and relegation in, in the A-League. But overseas, of course, it's the norm. When you're at a club like Everton and you've been struggling for, let's be honest, the last two or three seasons, they've been involved in relegation scrap after relegation scrap. Yep. Now, this season, they had 14 points. They're mid-table. They're not going to win the Premier League, but they were doing okay. And all of a sudden, you're dumped back down into that bottom three again. It's it's almost like a double whammy when you're a club like Everton. I mean, it would affect any club, wouldn't it? But when you're a club like Everton that is looking to climb out of that uh, continual battle for survival, this is just like an almost you know big fist coming and putting your back in your place, isn't it? That's what it must feel it, like. It, it is, but they've been playing really good football over the last yeah. sort of six, seven weeks on, all right? So I, I think if they stick with the print, and, and this could, we, it could just be a one-off, right? It could just be that Man United were a, a much better side on the day. But if, hmm. if they stick with the principles that they've done over, and, and Sean Dyche is... is He's nailed on in terms of the, the method and the message that he delivers, right? And he, he's not going to suddenly panic and go and do anything different. But the players, as long as they stick and keep playing the way that they've been playing for the, the six weeks before this week, I, I, I still think, I, I actually think they'll be all right. And I don't think it's going to be a struggle season for them. I, I think there's, there's three way worse teams in the league. But you're right in terms of, oh my God, here we go again in a relegation yeah. battle. And that was sort of the point I was making. Yeah, yeah. you yeah. get, you do, you, you can have that, you can have that mindset. But I'm sure that Sean Dyche will will not even be thinking that. And that is not, that's not the message that is going to be floating around the changing room. And if any players think it, they better keep it to himself. Because if Sean Dyche starts hearing and saying it, they'll be gone in a heartbeat. Yes. 
Yes, don't mess with the ginger Mourinho. Uh, <laughs> elsewhere, Newcastle scored a big win over Chelsea, 4-1. That keeps them in touch with the top four ahead of their massive Champions League game against PSG this week. Uh, down at the bottom, uh, Fulham against... Not that they are down at the bottom. Two mid-table teams, really. Fulham against Wolves, 3-2 for the Londoners in a game, again, with big VAR controversy. Uh, Luton making a fist of their relegation scrap. They were one, uh, the only one of the promoted sides to win at the weekend over Crystal Palace. Uh, that's all we've got time for this week. Unfortunately, Spenner, we've uh, we've dribbled on as per usual, but we could go all night. Speak to you next week, buddy. See you, mate. Lovely to talk to you, boys. Good night. <laughs> that's our Premier League update with Spencer Pryor. Thanks to Schnitz, home of fresh, golden, handcrafted schnitzels. Are you still hungry, Broski? <laughs> uh, Champions League this week, Wednesday, AC Milan versus Dortmund, PSG against Newcastle, Barcelona, Porto, Man City, RB Leipzig, all at 7am. Thursday, Galatasaray, Man United, uh, then Real Madrid, Napoli, Arsenal against Lens, and Benfica against Inter. And of course, a reminder, you can watch uh, or listen, I should say, the to the Premier League every weekend live on SEN this weekend. Arsenal against Wolves Saturday morning, Forest against Everton, Newcastle, Man United, that's a big game. And then on Monday morning, it's Liverpool against Fulham and Man City, Tottenham. All those matches available across the SEN network via the SEN app.